Welcome to Aspire 21, the podcast. Aspire 21 is a digital media brand designed to inspire and empower today's young female creatives on their path to fulfill their dreams. You can visit the online magazine at aspire21.com for multimedia content such as articles, podcasts, and videos built to inspire you on your own journey. So I am joined here today with Hetty Ash, who is the founder of Creators, a creative and entrepreneurial network event brand for female creatives here in London. So if you'd like to give a warm welcome to yourself, Hetty. Yes, hi. Um, yeah, so my name is Hetty. Um, I am I am the founder of Creators. So um, it started about two years ago in 2017. Um, and then I've just been hosting events ever since and I've just really been enjoying being able to give back to people and that's really um, cool and bring female creatives together so how do you like what inspired you to like start it off um mm-hmm. if you just share like how did you kind of get into it yes so um so i had been running events before but for not necessarily i'm um, organizing events but producing events or filming events for um online and digital purposes um because my background is working in television and digital mm. So um, especially working in the TV industry, is very competitive and it's very cutthroat. Um, there's a lot of freelancing um, that happens and sometimes there can be like comp- competition, but in a negative sense. And so I had um, a colleague who I was working with and she was just like, oh, yes, you, you know, you do these events, you do this. And, um, you know, she wanted my sort of expertise in terms of organizing an event. And, I, and that's when I, the idea sort of came to me and I thought, actually, yeah, let me host events for um, female creatives to mm-hmm. help empower women because a lot of the times I feel like with women you know we compete against each other we're always trying to maybe bring the other person down because we're sort of afraid that they might do well I think that's and, so true and also in the case of like females can sometimes think like other people are competition when it's actually like everybody's mm-hmm. got their own unique unique stance on something like you don't really need yes. to compete with each other like we can all work together and get to the same place and have our own um lane basically yes exactly um yeah this is i'm just going slightly off topic topic i'm going to um just give you an example of what i mean by by this um i was working on a reality show and we was going out and about um in London, like speaking to people, trying to find people for the show. And I realized that because it was me and this other woman, and we're about the same age, and I realized that she was sort of trying to get to people first, like trying to talk to people first, like being, like competing against me, trying, do you know, that that sort of tension. And I've I've experienced that as well. Doing journalism at uni, when I was working on like box pop tasks, and like, okay. I, remember I was working with someone and it literally felt like it was a competition. It was kind of like, we yeah. are going to get the same grade and we're working together. So I don't know why it's yeah, competition. So, yeah, exactly. And it was just so weird. So anyways, um, you know, doing these, this event, I just thought, you know, what, I just really want to show women that you don't need to do this, that you don't need to fight against each other. We can work with each other. We can build each other up. And there's enough success to go around for everybody in this entire world mm. so you don't need to feel like you have to jump over someone or step on someone to get to where you want to get to so yeah this is how creators um came about that's so great so i know you've done events in like personal branding you've done yeah. events um like an event for like tv and radio presenting like what other kind of events have you done with like creators 
Um, so yeah, I've done a vision board party, which was the first event actually that we did was a vision board party theme. Um, so I think that was really, really important. And we're doing another one as well on the 24th of January, um, Thursday at Airworks Hoxton. Um, yeah, it was just really, really important because obviously as a, as a creative, as a person anyways, if you want to progress, if you want to um, achieve certain things in your life, it's great to write them down. It's great to have a good idea of what, where you want to get to in the next, say, five years time. And in order for you to be able to do that, sometimes it's good for you to have a vision board. And as a creative, um, that sometimes works better because you're able to actually get magazine cutouts, newspaper cutouts, um, stick pictures onto a board, um, you know, really get creative with it mm-hmm. in terms of what you'd like to achieve. So that was that was a really, really good event that we did. And it was, um, you know, we, ha- we were speaking about sort of conflict confidence, boosting confidence, working with one another and really addressing um, this sort of underlying um, factor that a lot of people don't want to address at events, which is, you know, you don't need to compete with each other. Like we're, we're all doing well. Yeah, we all I think have that's so, so own. true. Because I remember yeah. like, the first few like networking events I went to, I kind of felt like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like like a shark tank. Like you've got to be really like, <laughs> on it. You've got to really like impress people. But after a while, I kind of was just like, you just go and have fun and make friends. And you know what? Yeah. If you're going to, if the, the right person to collaborate with, like the connection will just build naturally. Like you don't have to yeah. like stress about it and all that stuff with like networking yeah. and kind of, it's not really like a competition. I don't think it works no. the best like that. Yeah. And that's, that's the environment that um, we want to create, you know, when you come to our events, um, you know, like, for example, the last event that we did, which was presenting and speaking, the Digital Age Radio and TV. Mm. And we, we have specific themes to help um, other creatives to progress and to grow within their career. But then we always try to also talk about, like, we always try to get speakers, possibly, who want to help, who want to share, like, the advice, um, how they got there, who are really open and who are not standoffish, who are really, like, welcoming. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely address- noticed that, like, from, like... To anyone listening who doesn't know, I've like mm-hmm. gone to like the last two events and I think that's so important. Like I've definitely really enjoyed the aspect of like we really gain knowledge from people who are worked in the industry and they're just sharing their experiences and also like the activities mm-hmm. of like really including everyone to kind of interact and kind of uh, yeah. learn off each other and bounce off each other. Yeah. Yeah. So so if I've been able to achieve something like that, if anyone has left the event feeling confident, feeling sort of, you know, happy then, yeah, I feel like I've done something. Mm. And um, what do you think is kind of, like, why is it so important to kind of run these kind of events for specifically female creatives? Yes, because um, with guys, like, I do want to, um, I just want to make a note that I do want to host events or have a brand where, you know, it's welcoming to guys as well because we know that, you know, guys need just as much help as us females need as well. So maybe have like an like a, a sister brand mm, okay. or brother brand <laughs> for guys and girls. But um, for this event, because obviously I'm a female, mm. so I can relate a lot in terms of, you know, female creatives. I've been there before, um, working in the television industry, for example, on location, there's a lot of me- men. Mm. It's very male-dominated, you know, producers and directors okay, come crew. Yeah. I didn't really know um, that, but now I think about yeah. it, I'm kind of like, it's kind of a little bit obvious. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, so then that means that it's harder for females to be able to get roles in the television industry that are 
more creative than men. You know, like when I'm working on a TV production, the um, like the secretaries, the production assistants, coordinators, the managers, you know, the people who deal with finance, with um, like booking, crew, you know, all that sort of technical aspects of, um, you know, logistics and things like that. They're usually um, female orientated. Hmm. Well, um, why do you think so, that is? Do you think it's just harder for females to kind of like get taken seriously or? You know what? There are a lot of, I feel like generally females um, are drawn to this type of, type of role sometimes like admin, you know, roles that involve a lot of organisation because naturally we're sort of more built towards that maybe than men. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are females who would like a more creative role, but they just haven't got the opportunity to do that or they feel like they're, they can't apply for these roles because it's male, it's a male field. Like being a cameraman, you know, for example, cameraman, um, directing, they feel like, oh no, that's more of a male thing mm. because it's been like that for so many years that maybe it's just programmed into their mind that, oh, they can't really apply for these jobs. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, you know, and also I feel like with men, they're more sort of confident when they're looking for specific roles, when they want to apply for certain roles or they want a pay rise or, um, you know, they have more confidence. They're like, oh, yes, I can do this. I'm amazing. I'm great. Even if they don't have the experience. You see, I've had that as well, yeah. Like, it's like a whole thing of, like, imposter syndrome where Mm, females kind of, like, we double question ourselves. We question if we're really, like, competent for the roles. We question what other people Mm. think. And, like, um, so, for example, I was at an event... um, what was it called girl gang london um and it was talking about imposter syndrome and i was actually seeing it was like a room full of girls and they were talking about it on the panel and stuff and i was actually with next to a guy and Uh he was he actually like turned over and asked me he was like what is imposter syndrome and i had to like explain to him what it was and i was like oh my Uh gosh guys really just have no idea like about imposter syndrome (laughs) that's funny i know he literally was so confused i was like what is it i had to sit and explain to him what it was yeah um but yeah i think i don't know what it is about females that we just do that but um i mean from my personal experience i went to an all-girls school so there was no such thing as seeing the dynamics in the classroom like uh apparently Mm -hmm. kind of like guys um take over the leadership roles like more naturally like in group work and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. talking in class so it's interesting to see how that kind of plays out into the world of work um, yeah. So you said you work in television. So how did you kind of get started? Like, what do you do basically in TV? Yeah. So, um, so I freelance in television. I also work in digital. So I spent the last um, the last year working um, as a video producer. And um, before then, I was freelancing, sort of researching. What show do you work um, for? As in radio um, producing. Television. Yes. Yeah, so te- the television shows that I've worked on include um, The Only Way is Essex, okay. Made in Chelsea, um, there's this documentary on Channel 5 as well called Large Family Values. Okay. Um, yeah, um, called The Cleaners that aired on ITV1. Um, yeah, so just mainly my passion really is documentaries, um, observational documentaries, factual programs, factual entertainment, rather than entertainment, which is which are programs like um, X Factor and This and Scott Talent. Mm, that's really um, and I've cool. also, um, yeah, so um, I've also worked in development, which um, include, includes sort of coming up with program ideas, brainstorming ideas, researching um, okay. facts and statistics, information, and pitching to commissioners of television channels. 
there's like this whole like back end of the TV that loads of people mm-hmm. don't realize until like in terms of development that's like a whole category in, in its own isn't it yeah so how yeah. did you kind of get into like tv and that kind of thing yeah so I, I always wanted to work in television since i was young so when i went to university i always had this idea that i was going to study english and drama um but in my mind i always knew that i wanted to work in tv um i didn't really know how to get into the industry um so i just thought you know let me just do some research um, volunteering at local radio stations um, and television stations as well. Um, and then I I did some work here and there, some African channels on television. And then I came across um, this opportunity for me to be a journalist slash um, television producer for the Media Trust, okay. um, which was for six like six months contract. And they trained me up. They trained me to edit, to film. That's when I learned a lot of my skills. Um, and I did a lot of research and I was producing my own video content that aired on a community channel on Sky and, um, you know, we, we collaborated with London Live on some projects On we collaborated with BBC Radio London as well um, on the Drive Time show with Eddie Nesta. And so we were able to really um, plan up with a lot. I, emailed, I was able to sorry, interview um, celebrities for um, show segments, um, like oh, wow. Olympians so cool. and... Yeah, it was just really, really fun. It's like a whole trip, basically. That's yeah, really cool. it was really intense, um, but I learned a lot. And then, yeah, from there, I just, I was able to sort of get an internship through Creative Access um, in television. And then, yeah, I just that kind of went there. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Do you feel like when you were kind of starting with your career and stuff, do you kind of, I guess, like, was one of the inspirations behind starting creators is, like, you kind of wish you had that in terms of starting up and gaining knowledge from other people who are have been on that career path that you aspired to be on? Yes, you really hit the nail on the head because when I wanted to get into the TV industry, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to get into the TV industry. And that's... So creators is sort of um, a combination of all these factors um, just to try and inform you know, other creators, people who want to get to the next stage in their career or in their life or who want to get into an industry to open their eyes to see the different options or to just give them knowledge mm-hmm. so that when they do leave their events, they can say, okay, I want to work in the TV industry and now I know what it's like. Yeah, I think now I like, know how um, to get there. I think from my personal experience of like doing journalism at uni, you never, mm-hmm. you never really have events like that or like a community like that where it's kind of like... Um, people tell you the inside like mm. behind the scene like how to network how to talk to people yeah. or you kind of get events to kind of practice like that and have like a community of other people to kind of learn from if that makes any mm-hmm. sense because I don't know like you literally just go to uni you study it and then you're kind of like thrown out into the deep end with the world and yeah and mm-hmm. um I think like what's really interesting is like I, I don't know personally I haven't experienced many kind of like communities where people um bounce off each other does that make sense it's just everyone Mm -hmm. on the grind it's not like a lot of people kind of like we're all creatives we're all doing the same thing let's just like sit in a kind of uh, event or something and kind of learn Mm -hmm. from each other and share our experiences yeah exactly um yeah and it it just makes it a lot harder for people to be able to get to where they want to get to for example with myself i know that if i 
if I had friends who were in the industry, if I had um, career advisors at university who were aware and knowledgeable about getting into the industry, I would have gone got into the industry a lot sooner than I did. Mm. Um, and it's no fault of anyone, you know, it's not my career advisors thoughts but they were just doing their best and they were just giving me the information that they knew yeah and I think so, with career advisors they only have yeah. like a very general idea like unless exactly. unless they've been tailored in that field I suppose like you, you only have like a very general idea of how you kind of so get into it and I, I also think with media like it's it's like it's never like a one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. way to get in yeah Do you it's so of, true have you kind of had any like struggles with like your journey of kind of thinking I thought I was on track and then actually this opportunity didn't work out and that kind of thing. Yeah, so um, it was a lot of freelancing, which I was very surprised by because um, I thought it was more like, oh, you know, you get this contract, you get into the industry and then, yeah, boom, your career just sort of flourishes and you're always working. And oh, is this your experience you know, as like a freelancer? A pardon? Is this on your experiences as a freelancer? Yes, okay. yes, and I've spoken to um, a lot of people. Like I had um, one guest speaker who is a freelance TV producer, and she spoke about um, we. It was like another. It was another vision board party theme event that we did in 2017, and she, um, yeah, she said that for herself as well. She never, no one t- told her that it was freelancing. She never knew that you had to freelance. That you- that with each contract, you had to network, you had to build relationships with other people. Mm. And, you know, everyone that I've spoken to have said the same thing pretty much, you know, unless they sort of know people who are in this industry or something like that. But most people didn't really know that the television industry was predominantly freelance. I didn't really um, which... know that until kind of maybe now. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> like literally now. <laughs> like now I'm thinking yeah, about so, it. I'm like freelancing is really popular, but I'm actually like, hang on a second. Maybe that's how it's always been. But carry on what you were yeah. saying. Uh, sorry? Carry on what you were saying. Oh sorry. Um yeah, so so that's another thing that I want to sort of work on is um, you know, helping creatives to be more well informed about their decisions about the industry that they want to go into mm. because um i have a friend who's also um part of creators like she helps she comes to the event and she's part of the team during the event um and she herself at one point she was like she really wants to um work in tv in the drama department mm. and she was working um i met her from working at a tv production company and she was sort of like they're helping out with the development team and stuff and then um she realized that actually no she didn't really want to work in the tv industry she realized that there was a lot of freelancing going on and she never knew that until she worked there mm. um and so that's the thing you know you just don't know until you work there and you're like hold on, hold on a second yeah like, you i just... didn't really sign up to this what's going on i know and people don't really like explain like over the last year i just graduated from uni so over the last year i met a lot of like freelancers and they're, mm-hmm. they're always in east london they're always now around mm-hmm. old street all these events um, mm-hmm. and like i met a lot of like freelancers and stuff and there's this whole kind of thing that no one really tells you like you have to literally pitch yourself you have to literally yeah. um market yourself network yourself mm-hmm. um yeah it's really like yeah it's like personal branding all on your own and no one actually really kind of tells you how to do that it's like how to shoot your shot to literally like make your own money and and this whole thing i see on my timeline now of like invoices and chasing up invoices Mm -hmm. and um all this stuff i'm like damn this is actually what it's really like 
And, yeah, um, and no one teaches you. Yeah, and I can imagine it's quite lonely as a freelancer as well. You, if you don't really have a sense of like community or guidance, and mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, unlike a company that like you have a set structure and you kind of know how it works and everything. Mm-hmm. What are any like the biggest challenges you faced as like a freelancer, and like how have you like overcome them? Um, I would say the inconsistency is definitely the biggest challenge. I, and I am someone who easily gets bored. I'm someone who loves to be on my feet and to do different things. But, um, you know, you could be in a contract for one month and then you might be unemployed for like two weeks or for several months. Mm. And then um, you have another contract for like two months, three months. So so the fact that it's so inconsistent, it's difficult for you to really plan financially. Mm. Um, you know, if you want to achieve certain things, certain financial goals, it's it's harder because you have to, you know, deal with your money a bit more effectively. Um, you have to be wise with saving. Um, so, you know, if you have bills that you have to pay as well, you have to be quite smart about that. So you never really have as much money as you would like to mm. but for some people they love they love that like I have a friend who's like you know she loves freelancing she loves not being tied down to one job so it just depends and you know when you're in that situation as well and you're always in work you know it can be really hectic long hours long days that's um, the thing so isn't it because you won't have set yeah. hours it depends on the project mm-hmm. it depends on the project but, some, but most of the projects is like you know you don't really have a life outside of your contracts Mm. most most projects you know you always i mean it's only really development type projects where you go into the office and you're working like 10 to 6 and then you you sort of can go after that but most production-based projects um you know involve like irregular hours um long hours mm. sometimes travel location-based works it can be a lot of work so if you want to do other stuff outside of work it's like you just don't have a, a life. What are some but of like, some the positives work. of freelancing? Hopefully they're positives. That, yeah, that it can be really, really fun. Um, it's fun. You don't have to be tied down to one job. Um, you know, you don't have to deal with, for example, 28 days holiday per year. Oh, yeah, that's because um, You can kind of... Yeah. When you want to go on holiday, you can just go on holiday. Mm. You're free. You have that freedom. Do you so, like yeah, you I really do miss of, that. Um, Sorry, do you feel like... So do you not work as a freelancer now or did you work as it like a, for a few months or a few years? Um, so at the moment, I'm not working as a freelancer. The past, for the past year, I've been working in more of a contracted um, role. It's more of a rolling contract. So they renew your contract like, every year. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing now, which... Obviously, I'm not going to stay... My plan, don't tell anyone, it's not to stay there. <laughs> it's not to stay there, um, you know, for for the long haul. Because, there's, you know, I always want to progress. I always want to move forward. I always, I always want to do different things. Mm. So, that yeah. But for the meantime, the, yeah, the past year, it's been different because it's been a different experience. Um, but, yeah, like, I just... There's positives, for you know, to both sides. Like, freelancing is amazing because you can actually just do your own thing. Mm. You can take up certain contracts and be like, okay, I'm going to take up this contract just for one month and then I'm going to go on holiday or I'm going to work with these projects or, or take a break or whatever. And you can just do that. And I guess it so, gives you a lot of creative freedom, doesn't it? It does, definitely. Especially and in like shaping not, your career, mm-hmm. which I think it is does. something that, even with like, say something TV presenting, um, 
like uh, I guess this generation has more access to in terms of when you freelance, mm-hmm. you can really shape your resume. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking you just have to go for the first company that says yes to you and um, you're kind of like tied into the theme of that than actually kind of mm-hmm. building your own like niche. Um, in terms of the type of um, TV contracts you take, mm. yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a funny one because when you're working in TV, they always want you to pick a niche. They always, they always want you to choose, you know, what do you want to do? If you want to work in development, then you want to work in development. If you want to be a casting producer, then you have to go down that route. If you want to be a location producer, you have to go down that route. And it's sort of like that, like a lot of the... Um, the people who employ you find and you know people who employ you are freelancers as well like you have your producer or series producer or something like that interviewing you and they always want you to pick and choose to have a niche um and which is fine but sometimes you want to do more than one thing like for example with me i liked working in development i like working as a casting person as well um i like being just an assistant producer i don't want to just have to pick a particular niche and also they want you to um ideally you'd want to pick um the genre so is it entertainment that you like or is it factual entertainment or is it documentaries or you know and whereas i like i like different genres Mm. so i'm quite flexible with that but um there are a lot of huh that seems really good to kind of know exactly like what you want to do yeah, but then obviously because it's so competitive and it's freelancing, sometimes it's not really useful to you to be so specific with a niche or the genre. So yeah, it's just like a fifty-fifty. It's like a catch twenty-two sort of thing. Mm. Um, because you know they want you to be niche, but at the same time, if you are too niche, um, you know it can affect your chances of getting other work. Mm. So your vision party event is on the twenty-fourth January. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Okay, so I want to just finish off this interview asking, what is your main, what main things are you sticking on your vision board for 2019? Okay, so... If you name the um, top five, so we can kind of, mm-hmm. not too much pressure on you. Yeah, um, top five. So I definitely want to take creators to another level. I want to do more with um, the brand and open a division with that, enables um both men and women in the creative sector to be able to attend the events but um it, it would be slightly different to the creators events that we're currently running um i do want to start going into universities and colleges as okay, well that's something that, that i want to do cool. yeah and hosting events for them um so that's what to um yeah so i have a driving license and i haven't had a car for quite a while so i'm okay. definitely on I'm going to get a car um, because it just makes it easier to be able to go back and forth um, with things, especially like with creators. I can imagine definitely, like especially carrying stuff and all that jazz. Which can be, yeah, which can be a nightmare. I know. Um, So yeah, so I'm going to do that. Um, And also, yeah, I just want to, I have like another project that I have, I've had in my mind for quite a while but I haven't actually told anyone about it, but I, I see a market for it. So I am going to try and just do some research and at least do, okay. some, do a bit of research on it. Okay, we'll and then, keep our eye out for it. Yeah, look out for it. Uh, and then, yeah, the final one is I just want, um, in terms of creators, 
I just want to really make a difference. I want to work with like some serious names in the creative sector. Mm-hmm. And I just want the brand to be more than just events. You know, if by the end of the year, people can say, wow, this is like, it's not just an event brand, but this has really helped me to, you know, progress in my career. Mm, like it's that. helped me to boost confidence. It's helped me with my personality. It's helped me to achieve my goals. Yeah, I just wanted to be more than just, oh, I'm going to this networking event. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Think bigger and yeah. do bigger in 2019. I'm all for it. Yeah, just I just want to do bigger. I want to really work on creators and just take, really take it to another level mm. and really amazing. make a difference. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Hetty, for being on Aspire 21, the podcast. And oh, you, you can check out Creators, spelled mm-hmm. C-R-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. On, mm-hmm. Are you on Instagram? Are you on Twitter? Yes, so you can find us on Instagram and Twitter um, at Creators UK. Um, We're also on Facebook, Creators UK. We have a Facebook group actually, so make sure you join. Um, You can just collaborate with other creatives and just really build a network for yourself. Um, And yeah, just I hope to see you all there on our social media platforms. Awesome. And at the event, the visible party. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And you can find tickets for that all on the social media pages.